Hi, everyone, and welcome to Series E. I'm Shoshana Swell, and this is where founders raise their Series E round of experience. Welcome to the first guest episode of Series E. Today, I am joined by Kelsey Tucker, who is the co-founder of Deviate. I am so grateful to be able to share this episode with you. It is just so special and full of so many tips and tricks. And in this episode, we run through many of the secrets of the fashion industry and really break down a lot of things from manufacturing to the importance of storytelling throughout a brand. So if you're in any realm or wanted to learn more about the fashion industry, like I always do, it's so interesting to learn from this perspective. And Kelsey is just such a special person. I've never met really anyone who's doing what she's doing right now or really anything close to it. So I'm so happy that I get to share this episode to more people and for more people to learn about her story. And regarding her story in this episode, some things that we talk about is how she began building Deviate, what the process is like to make a garment from literally start in a concept to the finish of it. And we also talk about the brand's pivot during COVID and how they've literally brought designers from Detroit and brought them into their design process from like start to finish, just like how they create a normal garment, which is so cool. So are we ready for this first episode? I think so. I really hope you enjoy. Remember to rate, subscribe, follow us on Instagram, and let's get into the episode. Kelsey Tucker was born and raised in Michigan. She attended Wayne State University and graduated with a BFA in fashion design and a minor in textile design. While still in university, Kelsey launched her brand Deviate in 2018 with her sister Cassidy. Deviate is a Detroit-based fashion house on a mission to elevate Detroit's reputation as a fashion city, producing luxury streetwear collections at the intersection of fashion, art, and revolution. Welcome to Series E, Kelsey. <laughs> Thank you, Shoshana. I'm happy to be here. I'm so excited that you're here, too. We were just talking earlier, but we basically connected because of the Michigan Fashion Media Summit. And basically, there was a, a series of students that were selected as finalists for this huge summit they have every year. It's actually so impressive. I was so shocked by everything and the production of value of everything they do. It didn't happen this year, but <laughs> it happened virtually <laughs> a little bit. Yes. <laughs> but happy I found your brand through there, and I'm excited to share more about you and everything else to come in this podcast episode. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Happy that we met through the, the summit. Also, they're awesome. Totally like second everything that you're saying. They're amazing. Yeah, cool. So in the beginning of the podcast, we're going to start with the seed round. So basically, we're just going to lay the foundations of where you're from, all the basics about you and your company to start with the show. So um, to begin, where are you from and where are you right now? I am from Plymouth Canton area and I am now in downtown Detroit. Um, I live in an apartment um, by Campus Marshes. Cool. And I think one thing we'll talk about is a lot of, well, your company and your background is all based in Michigan. You've, you've been there for a long time for all your creative pursuits beyond some internships, right? Yeah, totally. Um, I love Detroit. I love Michigan, the culture here and like just the people, like you just can't really find that in any other um, like state or city. It's just really kind of magical here. So um, 
like we thought it was only right to have like Detroit be like the starting spot of BB-8. That's awesome. Getting into that soon. But so you started this with your sister. I'm curious <laughs> more about your childhood and kind of your interest in discovering this passion for what you do. Did anything when you were younger kind of bring you to this point where you are now? Yeah, so um, me and my sister um, and the co-founder of Deviate, we um, played hockey like all growing up. So I think like I started skating when I was three years old and then just played travel hockey until um, I actually quit my junior year of high school for um, like to pursue my dream as like a, to be a fashion designer. Um, because basically like you trained like all the time and like you were making a decision, you know, whether to go like play like full-time sports at a college and like that's a full commitment in itself. Um, so at that time I was really realizing like I wanted to be a fashion designer. I loved creating, I loved art. Um, so I decided to quit hockey, but, um, like all of that training and working with my sister, like we just trained all the time and really motivated each other and built like a mental, you know, um, like sports really like builds your like mental capacity to handle things. Mm -hmm. So I think that really, um, like helped with deviate, um, as well as our dad, um, he's an entrepreneur, he has a car dealership. So he really instilled like um, the confidence and like just like the skills of being an entrepreneur as well as like the mindset of it um, so yeah that's a little bit of background about my childhood when you decided like to quit hockey and pursue fashion what did you discover in high school that made you interested in fashion design so I was like really into sewing and like I got my first sewing machine when I was 12 and was really into Project Runway, watching that all the time. Um, so I would like come home from hockey, um, get like all my snacks and just watch Project Runway. And it was super exciting to me. And, um, you know, I could really see myself doing that. Um, so I started sewing and I wasn't very good, but like it was something, it was a place to start. But then in high school, um, I really like met a group of friends that was like super into art and I had never experienced that growing up in hockey. Like it wasn't, you weren't like drawing or like uh, painting or like doing like weird artful things. It was very like sporty and like technical. So that really like opened up my mind to like what actually existed. So I think just like everything that happened, like obviously happened for a reason and brought me to like like what I really wanted to do. You spoke about your dad and how he, you saw kind of him as this like entrepreneur figure in your life before getting into this. What was your, like, were you ever interested in entrepreneurship or what kind of gave you the power to start your own company, even think that this could be a possibility? I guess I it really started when I made like an eBay and an Etsy account when I was like, like 14 or 15. Um, I would go to Salvation Army and um, the mom shorts, like high-waisted shorts were trending at the time. So um, I just went and bought a bunch of mom like uh, jeans and cropped them up and started selling them on eBay. And um, that was a pretty big hit. So then I like just started like selling a bunch of stuff and making a bunch of stuff. Um, but I really realized that I loved um, one, creating and two, selling. So I really wanted to like, like combine those two. Wow. I grew up like with buying everything that I owned from eBay, <laughs> which is crazy. Like my dad's huge eBay, eBay fan. And, and even I was just, uh, I follow like Sophia Amoroso now, like I've been following her life, like daily uh -huh. Instagram stories and everything. 
and uh, I'm sure what is it her the Netflix series Girl Boss or it's it's written about the story yes, of Nasty Girl Gal. Boss. Little... I have her book over there. Yeah, yeah, that's so cool. Did you know yeah. about her store before, like in her path to using eBay and shopping vintage everything before you got into this? I actually didn't. Uh, my sister brought me the book. Um, she read it uh, about like probably six months ago and gave it to me and. I had no idea like anything about her before that. So it was really cool because I like used to do similar stuff to that. Yeah, that's awesome. If anyone doesn't know who Sophia is, basically she's the founder of Nasty Gal. She's the founder of Girl Boss. She's the founder of a lot okay. of different things. She's making a course right now. I'll link her in the show notes so you can check her out too. But very cool, like interesting parallel that you might not have known you were like drawing from when even creating this, the selling channels and things like that. Yeah, that's not. She's amazing. Such an inspiration. Big <laughs> fangirl. Um, can you describe? So, DBA, it, to my understanding, it has two kind of parts. It's one half of like this fashion house. I mean, now you're teaching as well. You had some new efforts with COVID. Um, and you also have your own collections and brand as well. Um, can you describe the products mm -hmm. that Deviate has and even any of the services that go with it? Yeah, so um, we do um women's men's and unisex collections you know situated at the intersection of fashion and art as you said earlier and um, we also um, like starting out we had to build out our own um, production because it was very expensive to get our stuff manufactured locally and really just wasn't doable at the time because we had a small like startup budget and um, so we really started to scale out like our machinery as well as a team to manufacture our collections. So now we, um, we do this service for other startup brands because like, like I said, when we started out, it was really tough and we want to be able to like provide our services and help other brands to be able to start up, especially, um, locally here in Detroit, we really prioritize, um, like local businesses. Um, as a, like especially startups because they can't meet the minimums. Um, they like one don't really even know what their like consumer wants to buy yet. Um, mm -hmm. So they have to start small. So we're really catering to them. Um, and we also cater to like we've worked with national brands as well, but um, without without having minimums, we can open the doors to let these small brands in as well. We're able to like use the production side to like create our like fashion labels so they really run in parallel that's so awesome yeah when I, when i started my brand like a year and a half ago there's nothing anywhere about manufacturing and it's so impossible like for minimums or like ethically sourcing where are you getting your things from where is it being made there's so many questions so much research that i had to do i wish i knew about deviate beforehand too and it's such a exactly what you created is so perfect especially for this time seeing even more clothing brands like come to life during this time because people are home people are trying to think of what they can create on their own and it's a lot of time people are turning to things they're wearing every day which is very cool and I, I think it's such an awesome time to have those services too totally yeah it, I'm, that's really cool that you say that we can help you because that's really all that we wanted when we started, you know, is like just to be able to like, there's such a gap between, um, you know, graduating and like also like wanting to start a brand, but then actually doing it. There's like this whole 
um, just gap, you know, you don't really know how to get there. There's no rule book, there's no network connections. And also like Detroit is super siloed and hard to navigate. So I think that we really all have to like band together and become the glue that, you know, we all need. Yeah, definitely. And did you learn about like, someone had to know about the manufacturing process, all these different things beforehand. Did you learn this from school or how did you learn about these things? Um, actually school didn't really teach me the manufacturing side. It really taught me like the whole process and the design side and really, um, my major was super art based. So most of my projects were like lots of concept creations to like product development, but it was very artful. It wasn't, it was like, I learned the technical side of it, but it was more on the artful side. Um, so once I graduated and like was working with Deviate, I really started to invest into machinery, um, industrial machines and really learned like on my own time and how to like fix them, how to oil them, how to like change parts, how to like put on attachments, just lots of things that um, like kind of suck, but you need to learn. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, it does suck. But then um, when COVID hit, like we started, we had to pivot super hard and manufacture, um, we started manufacturing gowns with the state of Michigan and Isaac, the um, industrial sewing and innovation center um they're located in detroit they're really cool they partnered um with carhartt um we really leveraged that partnership and like the creation of isolation gowns to like hire seamstresses and scale out our machinery so now we have like a lot more machinery than what we started with and a team of wow. each eight seamstresses yeah so that's been really um it's been really a lot of change and um learning and adapting but it's been a very rewarding time that's so amazing i never heard of any company making gowns and i've only heard of masks and because at one point that was like the biggest shortage and there was all different ideas on who should be wearing a mask and how do you get them to frontline what type of mask should it be it's that's so amazing that your efforts and the fact that you're using like partnerships to further a mission by your resources and like things that you have that can help others beyond what your like internal maybe fashion community was originally <laughs> thank you so much um so on series e we we're gonna focus uh, additionally not only on your business and everything that you've built but also how you've personally dealt with what it's like to build a company and what you turn to for grounding and for wellness um, in your daily life so I wanted to learn more about what your current self-care routine is right now yeah my current uh, self-care routine is always uh, changing especially now with everything happening um, it's it's like always changing but um i really love my mornings i think that it's important um to make time for myself to like go on a walk in the morning to really clear my head um and me and my sister have been doing that together so they kind of oh. work as like a business powwow too so <laughs> it's perfect um but i love my morning coffee i need to like listen to music and kind of like jam out in the morning that's like helps my like mind um, what type of music oh Everything. I've been really into um, like old music right now. Um, Bruce Springsteen, like I'm on fire, has been on repeat. No way. <laughs> like, I, just like Bruce Springsteen right now. I don't know why I'm loving him. I've met Bruce Springsteen on accident, like in my hometown. He used to have this like Halloween 
uh he used to give candy and he'd have gallons and gallons of candy and he'd have like he'd be in a mask his other you know people would be in masks too and I just like had a sense for him like I went to go get candy in this like gallon of the of candy and he was like sitting surrounded by two other people and I was like hi and I just like thought it might be him in a mask so I'm just like (laughs) scooping candy I'm like thank you (laughs) that is so funny oh my gosh what a guy yeah I've been like waiting to share that story Ridiculous. It's perfect. The stars align. <laughs> yeah. But back to your self-care routine. You so you listen to Bruce Springsteen and you were mentioning that you also focus on exercise yes. too. What about what do you do for exercise or what mm-hmm. makes you feel good? Yep. So um I've been playing hockey again, which has been like kind of nice, but also like it's pretty hard. So um I can only do it like a couple times a month, but also have to like keep my endurance up throughout like the rest of the month. But um, I'm really into just like walking and like some running, but um, mostly just like getting around and moving my body like in the morning and just trying not to like sit around for too long. Mm -hmm. But throughout the day, um, while I'm like working, I'm always moving around. Like I'm just like running around the office and fixing machines and like working on something over here, then we'll run over here. So um, I feel like like uh, like the exercise outside of work is mostly just for like my own mental frame and to really get those like endorphins and stuff um so yeah very important not really set in stone it's kind of different every day I think it's changing for everyone every day depending on your environment your work your timeline anything it can always change which I think is cool you can always have like a bunch of different tools that you can always go back to regardless of your situation or environment now we're going to segue into the founding story of Deviate. I'm so excited to hear more in depth of exactly how this started. So could you trace us back to the very beginning of idea of what Deviate was going to be at the time and how you and your sister joined forces to start this together? When I was uh, my junior year of college, um, the summer before my senior year, Um, I went to work in Los Angeles uh, with Beer Wang, and um, I had a lot of free time on my hands um, living over there and like, you know, not really knowing anyone. It was kind of just like work and then come home and like adventure on my own and stuff. But I was really focused on um, like I had just learned so much my junior year, like it was really um, like a huge learning year. Um, for fashion design. So I really like practiced all those skills so hard that summer and especially with um, like my job. And then I had like another, a couple other jobs where I would like on during part time, um, I would work like with pattern drafting and um, just like sample making and stuff. So um, it was a time of really like developing my skills. But then by the end of that summer, I realized um, like there was this niche market of streetwear, um, but like with fine art details. So like the the techniques that were used in Vera Wang's um, gowns and like in her um, like like yeah like in the gowns were not really used in ready to wear um, or like streetwear. So um, true. So, Yeah. So I was like, this is such a time like that doesn't exist really yet. So I went to the drawing board and just started like, um, like coming up with all of my patterns and uh, my like block, um, 
silhouette stuff for like all of my sizes and stuff. Um, so I was really ready by the end of summer to start Deviate. Um, and then it was really like, I needed, I knew I needed a partner, um, someone who could handle more of the business side because I had tried to start a couple brands um, before Deviate. Um, and it was just tough. Like it's tough to do all the design stuff. It's, and like, do meet these like connections and run like these events and do all this stuff. Like it's, you can't do it all yourself. Social media. So add one. I, <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, still something that we struggle with today. Like it's a, it's a full-time job for real. But yeah, I learned that um, like I needed that business side. So uh, my sister Cassidy, she was actually working with a startup at the time and they were being acquired um, by Bosch. So um she had like a really like awesome exit um, at like, like at the time. So then we decided to partner up and wow. um, yeah, so it just all worked out really perfectly. And um, we knew that we wanted to start in Detroit um, because of the culture here, because that like nothing really existed. And also when we like, when we did launch here, we really realized that there is like the the fashion scene is just re-emerging. It, it's been dead for a little bit, but it's starting to come back. And there's all of like there's a foundation and resources now being built for it. And it's really a time of like a lot of change in the fashion industry in Detroit and um, like the top fashion cities um, going into like the future. Um, like based on market research, is going to be emerging cities, which is Detroit. So. Wow. The timing is right. <laughs> How would you describe Detroit's fashion as compared to, you know, New York, we have Milan, we have LA, everywhere kind of known for different things or what would you how would you describe Detroit's fashion scene? Detroit's fashion scene is so cool. Um I think everyone is just really inspired by our like surroundings. It's unlike any other city. Um, my sister actually pointed out one of the like aesthetics that I had never even really realized that made Detroit like so unique is like all of the signs are like physically painted on the buildings. They're not Ooh. just like like signs that are like off the buildings. They're like, you know, hand painted signs. And then there's like, you know, of course, all the graffiti and there's just so much art. So I think that we're really a unique artful city, but then you mix in the industrial vibes of the cars and um, like, you know, the Motor City and um, Carhartt and just like this work, um, blue collar um, culture. Um, so I think those two are really like, I just see them so combined in Detroit. Wow. When you started Deviate, um, so you started going into your senior year, what was it like working and building this as a student? I think that time of my life, I had the least amount of balance. Like I was just working all the time. I would stay up for like days on end, um, but I loved what I did. Like it wasn't really working. It was like, I just like was so fascinated with everything that I was learning that I had to use it. Um, so it was a lot. Um, and I kept like, I could see the light at the end of the tunnel though. That was like, this is going to pay off one day, everything that I'm doing right now will one day pay off and then I would kind of like go back and forth and being like is this gonna pay off am I like is my free loss of free time and like the, the balance of my life worth it but it ended up being worth it and now I'm really like super focused on balancing my life it's a huge goal 
um, for me right now is just to make sure that um, I'm attentive to all the areas of my life. Wow, that's awesome. Is there any, like when you say areas of your life, or do you mean like your personal life, your work life? Like, can you explain more about mainly how you think about this idea of balance for your life? I really think about the balance. Um, one, I need time for myself. I think that's something that I have, like that was the first thing that would go for me was the time for myself. So that's something I prioritize now. Um, my family, uh, super important that like I'm there for everything and you know, like I'm with my family as much as I can be, um, as well as my friends too. And just really like starting to exercise and getting um, like the health benefits that um, like a balanced life needs. Wow, that's awesome. And when, back to like Deviate's business side of things, what was the most challenging thing in the first year of starting Deviate for you or the business? Um, it was definitely production was a tough one, but on my creative side, I think it was uh, like raining down my like uh, need to just uh, create things that maybe people weren't going to buy, but create it more for my own pleasure, I think, of like mm -hmm. um, releasing my emotions and just like being artful. But at the end of the day, um, we are a fashion label and like the concept has to tell us, like it has to tell a story, but it also has to be um, able to be worn and like the consumer has to be able to appreciate it and understand it. So I think that was a little bit challenging at first. And I kind of actually dropped a collection that was like all about um, like this dystopian society where basically it was like this capitalism game world where um, like this regime kind of just like stopped art culture and made you just like, like made everyone uniform and um, like you couldn't really like produce art. It was kind of illegal. So that was just my like, like way of like releasing all those emotions but when i first dropped deviate we came out with a super super artful collection because like that's where my head was at the time and it like wasn't like it was received well like people thought it was cool but it was not bought you know yeah. so i had to go back to the drawing board and be like okay like i need to this is an investment at the end of the day i need to make sure that i'm getting my return on investment so that was a tough learning experience. Yeah, I love that you talk about also the mood and where you are in your life and how it affects your designs. Because when like for me with like video editing, when I you can look back at all the videos I've made and I can think back, wow, that was like a chaotic time. And you can see it like in the in the videos. And I just realized this like in February when I was editing a video to announce like Milan Fashion Week and everything. And I was like, wow, this is chaotic energy and it will directly go into your work. I found totally that's really like it's cool to hear in the video side yeah um yeah I had never really even thought about the fact that yeah it is like a reflection of our lives it's crazy and but like we have this brand or some other you know figure or story that we're kind of putting ourselves into and this is just like a, a tangent but uh, I've been like wanting to create something based off like my own personal ex experience in life in writing and I'm like I have this fear to do it and then I think of like people like let's say Taylor Swift and she's known for writing quotes writing songs about all her ex-lovers and stuff and but like you look at her things and we just receive it as music and we don't think sometimes so personally 
about like what is in the story of anything that's created until like you find a brand that's like we care about stories we care about storytelling and then they kind of paint the picture a little better and clearer so that the consumer can really understand i love it yeah personal life will get into everything it will definitely always <laughs> always there's no way of stopping it can you choose uh it could be one of your favorite editors one that's like unique to the production process and walk us through how you created a specific garment from deviate i guess i'll start with um the beginning of when i started making things so basically when we got um, into Detroit as the New Blacks Accelerator program about a year ago. We had like no merchandise. It was just, um, it was the sample pieces and it was kind of just trying to like place our product in stores as well as sell it online. But we weren't really mass producing at the time. So um, at this point, <laughs> I went through the whole assembly line production by myself. So I was like creating 14 pairs of jeans by myself in like a matter of like three or four days it was nuts I don't know how I did it I didn't sleep that much I know it was really I don't think yeah it's weird but I needed to do it to like get this merchandise because we when we got into Detroit as the new black we were kind of bluffing like we were like yeah we have like all of our stuff made you know we're ready to go and then she's like okay you're gonna be in the store in a month and I'm like okay I gotta go because I literally had to make 14 pairs of pants, like 12 other pairs of pants. And then like, it was nuts. So um, that part of production was completely different than what it is now. Um, now it's uh, very technical. So um, we start with like the sample making of the garment or well, the concept creation, the mood board, all that kind of like good storytelling stuff. Um, because I feel like there's no life to a garment without a story and without a concept behind it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so um, that's super important to me. Um, but when I work with other clients, it's way more technical. Like it's just very like step by step, like technical design to pattern drafting to sample making to um, like actual um, sourcing to production, um, all that kind of good stuff. Um, but for like, like when we're moving to production, it's kind of is just like outlining the steps of production. So uh, we've been practicing lean uh, production, which is basically like uh, there's certain jobs assigned for the production assembly line, and then it moves from job to job. And then by the end, the garment is done. Um, wow. So that's been a whole different kind of production than what we started off with. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's awesome. And I've also read that you at school, you learned a lot about dyeing and natural processes for the, this as well. And I read that you can make 130 different colors or combinations for clothing. Where does the dyeing of, of fabrics and the construction of your garments through those processes come for what you make or what you've made in the past? The recent collection, we actually dropped a couple days ago. Um, that was all about artful dyeing. So really taking like every like weird technique, like crumpling to like, like letting the garment just hang up and just drip like dye, just Whoa. lots of like just painting, um, every kind of dye method possible was what this collection was about, just exploring the more artful side. But the past year, I've been really um, working on the technical side of like color, um, uh, color, 
getting the same color from like time to time, um, as well as scaling the dyeing. So that's been a real challenge, but we want to invest into this new machinery that's a little bit bigger that we can scale and do like all like 100 to 200 um, like hoodies and t-shirts at a time and really be able to um, get the same color formula from dye to dye batch. Um, but right now we're just like, we're about to move spaces again. So we've been moving spaces. Um, we were at first at Pony Ride um, 2.0. So they had a Pony Ride 1.0, which um, if you don't know what Pony Ride is, it's really cool. Um, it's like a makerspace and just kind of a, a culture community where you can go rent out cheap art space um, and like be around this community that is helping uh, you build your brand. And they actually recently partnered with the Boys and Girls Club um, to like house the, the artists over there. Uh, wow. So they're really cool. Yeah, both of those organizations you definitely need to check out. But yeah, we were over there and then we moved over to now we're at the Baltimore Gallery. Um, it's on Baltimore Ave in Detroit. And that place is really cool. And I wish that we could stay there longer, honestly. But um, I think it's just time to like scale up our space a little bit more and try and really like get more of like a retail plus um, production space, um, studio space. Mm. Um, so there's just some exciting things in the works for that, but we're basically, we need a spot to put this dye machine because it has to be like, uh, like, like bolted to the ground and um, we really need a permanent spot for it. Wow. That's so many exciting things and everything you just shared. Congrats on all, all <laughs> the success and the future growth of the company and like techniques too. That's so exciting to hear. I don't know anyone who's doing what you're doing. Anyone? Oh, thank you so much. So, that's so really cool. Sweet. So can we go back to like a higher level um, understanding and just reflection of your company? And I want to know if you can reflect on when the happiest you felt when you were working at Deviate and for everything. Definitely recently. I think it's been really tough, but it's also been super rewarding. Um, the most rewarding and happiest thing, I think, um was seeing our new designers develop their like pieces for our like collection that we just dropped um we basically had a design competition um using our instagram so all of our seamstresses submitted a design um because they're not just seamstresses they're like they went to school to be fashion designers like at the end of the day that's their dream and mm -hmm. ppe was a way to get there and like leverage those like resources and everything but at the end of the day they are fashion designers um, so we had everyone submit a design and um, had our Instagram following vote on it. So we actually had three winners because <laughs> they were just all so good. Um, yeah, so they went through like the whole production process from the concept to the technical design. Um, we worked on pattern drafting together to really like develop those skills as well as like the sample making. And then they managed the line of their production. So they got to like lay out all the steps of like where, like how this lean managed or lean production is going to work and how they're going to manage it, get the garment completed. So it was really awesome to see that. And we just had an, uh, an event the other day and also put their stuff in the store yesterday. So it was, it was really rewarding to see that. Wow, that's so awesome. So right now, do you have a physical store? Everyone can go on deviatefashion.com to check out Deviate, but you have a physical store right now as well? 
We're in Detroit as a new black permanently. Okay. So that's like our storefront. Um, but we're, we are working on trying to get an actual retail location as well as um, we're on uh, like the Boys and Girls Club uh, and uh, Detroit is the new black just partnered up recently. And they're basically like forming this industry club um, which is all so exciting and we actually have some exciting details of that coming up in the future um, yeah. Just like ways to like work with them and help really like retain and develop the talent that's already here in Detroit and um, You know try and like like stop the brain drain and people leaving to go to New York and LA Oh my god, this is okay. That's because it's huge question. Okay. What do you think is the future of? retail or fashion in general do you want to spit some knowledge on us of anything that you think as a high level of the industry it's not a question anymore of if these big um retailers are gonna die out it's when so like these buyers now like we've been communicating with them like they're not like they know that like the big brands are gonna die out one day like the gaps and the like even the nordstrom's like one day they may not be around the like this consumer wants to know now about the products they're buying they're more educated and aware than they've ever been before and it's only going to get like more intense um so i think the future of buying is really in storytelling and creating a brand that people can get behind and um like support like ethically and more morally yeah that's awesome yeah going back to a lot of things we talked about storytelling and the importance of like from start to finish sharing that process of what you're creating and especially since you're making everything in Detroit I think that's so awesome about also the transparency you bring to your brand and the services that you provide that literally doesn't exist in fashion like it doesn't exist so you're really paving the way for a lot of like future brands it's such a toxic uh space the fashion industry right now just from the mass production to like the the intense consumerism, the marketing of intense consumerism, like the, these brands are like manipulating us to think that we like need everything that we see and like we need to get it for so cheap and like where's our cheapest option. Mm -hmm. But what they're not telling you is like where this stuff was made, like who, like people are physically dying from like the conditions of like terrible workplaces. They're being like enslaved by like the amount of money that they're making. And I really realized this when we were doing this gown production. So like the gowns, um, like in China, they sell for less than a dollar, which is the gown is basically like, uh, like the bodice of like a jacket. So mm -hmm. it's like, you know, sewing on the sleeves, sewing um, like on neckties and back ties. And like, it's, it's a like, it's a pretty like time consuming job. And it's to be able to get the price of it down to a dollar when it costs us like, at least like four or five dollars in labor uh wow. just in labor not even in the gown fabric alone to make that and to produce it here locally like there's something really wrong with that yeah wow and yeah it's so awesome that you're even sharing these insights and stories for anyone who's listening to this and it just like aligns so well like meeting you you like you are deviate like i can see so many characteristics of like the brand in you obviously because we're like deeply connected to this but it's so great to hear how mission driven you are and the brand is and I think it's really improving a lot about the industry thank you I hope so that I can make a difference 
definitely are. And speaking of the future, do you have any future? We talked about little exciting things about a new space and things like that. Is there any new announcements or things that you want to shout out for what's coming for the future of Deviate? I don't know if I can share anything just yet um, because it's pretty, yeah. but um, we're really um, trying to scale out. Like right now we're crowdfunding. We've raised about like $80,000 um, worth of like, yeah, money. And we're just still continuing to crowdfund to really build out this, this program of training, not only um, like, uh, like grads and students um, for fashion design and helping them be job like placed in jobs or start their own brands but also like start with the youth of Detroit and really like help develop them and help lead them on the right direction and really focusing on minorities and women and um, that's that's um, all that I can share but those are in the there's some big partnerships um, in play and hopefully everything works out because it would be really really impactful to the community. That's amazing. Ah, congratulations. Is there anything you're using like platform-wise for crowdfunding or is it mainly through friends, family? How are you raising this money? Yeah, um, we are on, um, I think, crowdfunding. My sister just posted actually like a week or so ago. Um, I'm actually not even sure if it's live yet, but um, I can definitely share the link with you for that. Yeah. Um, but then we're also like looking at the big like players of Detroit and um, I mean, this is a super impactful thing for the community and we can really like when we looked at the numbers of the amount of youth and um, like the like the amount of students that we can help. It's it's uh, like a tremendous number. That's amazing. Ah, it's, you're so cool. I'm so excited to to follow you're the rest so of cool. the journey. Like, wow. I don't literally I'm saying this again. Like, I don't know anyone who's doing what you're doing. That's so cool. So impactful. Ah, I'm like tearing up. I'm too excited. Thank you so much. <laughs> Um, as you chase these new opportunities, is there anything you want to focus on more in your like personal self care and wellness as we go back into like we were talking earlier, how it's always changing? Is there anything you want to focus more on? I definitely have been thinking a lot and working towards um, becoming the like best version of myself um, because if like I really want to be able to be like an example and um, I think that it starts with like my all of my choices and um, just really like making sure that I'm being the best version of myself. I love that. You know we can always with our reflection on what we're doing to better ourselves it can be super high level too just like I have this grand goal to just be better and that can if you mm -hmm. have that like mindset it can reflect in many even smaller parts of your life to that focus on action too. Okay. Now to the final little part of the show. Is there any advice that you would share with someone who's about to start their own company? Definitely. Number one is to believe and trust yourself always. I think that, um, that is like the most important, like everyone can tell you like all these things that, like advice and that's you need to take that and um, like learn from it and that's important but at the end of the day you really need to believe and trust yourself because if you can see the light at the end of the tunnel then nothing's going to stop you from getting there um, except for yourself so um, I think that that is huge I also think that like growing your network at an early age and um, really thinking about it through college and um, 
uh, like most of my network is from Wayne State and like the Detroit connections that I've built, but I really go back to my uh, like my roots of Wayne State and all the wow. like networking that I've made there. So that's really, really important. The like connections that you make will really advance your like wisdom basically um, because these people have already learned what you're going through. So you should really take their advice because it'll just save you time and money. That's awesome. I love all that advice. It's so great. Is there one resource, whether it's a podcast, a book, anything that has helped you on your wellness journey that you'd like to share with someone? Yes, there is a book. Um, I can't remember what it's called. Honestly, I'll definitely have to like text you it later and yeah. like link it to it here. But um, basically just saying what I'm grateful for, um, just kind of reflecting on, um, you know, uh, like what life has given me and um, being thankful for it and grateful for it. And um, it taught me to like write down an actual physical list of the things that I'm grateful for and say them aloud and say why that I'm grateful for them and um, like really feel it. And I have like seen such an impact um, of like my action um, from that. Yeah. I, I really want to start like a daily gratitude practice. I do it like every now and then, but I think if it's like within your routine every day, I think that's so important. I've heard a lot of people share similar things. If you're constantly like reflecting and being grateful for the things that are in front of you, you even attract more and more. Totally. Yeah. That the universe works in that way. I definitely think the universe. that. Yes. It came out, <laughs> yes. came out on the end of this episode. The universe exists. <laughs> and the it's universe. Strong. It's all about the universe. Yeah. Yes. No, the stars do align. I definitely believe in a lot of that. Well, thank you. These are everything from the show today. Thank you so much for coming on Kelsey to series E. It's been so fun to have you here. We finally got to chat and everything and learn so much about deviate and what it's like creating your own brand and so many details that are just not out there. They're not out there. So thank you so much for coming. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on the series E podcast. This is amazing. I love everything that you're doing and um, really sharing the stories as well as the wellness. It's everything that our community needs so thank you so much for having me yay is there so can you tell us all the links where people can find you dva fashion where they can shop yep so we are um, our website is deviatefashion.com uh, our instagram is deviate underscore fashion and then we can also um, be shopped in store physically at detroit is the new black as well as their um, pony ride uh, marketplace um yeah i think that's it and then i will also send you the link to our crowdfunding as well yes awesome i will link everything in the show notes thank you so much sweet thank you so much Ashana. i wanted to thank you for listening to this episode of series e i just loved speaking to kelsey about her story and learning so much from her and i hope you enjoyed this episode this is the first guest episode so it's so exciting to get things kind of brought to life and getting things started okay i wanted to thank you for listening to this episode of series e it's literally so exciting i want to thank you for listening to this episode of series e this is the first ever guest episode which is so exciting and i'm so excited to share even more guests and more stories i have so many cool people lined up and people I've already spoke to. So make sure to follow the Instagram at Series E Podcast to stay up 
up to date with everything and also i'll be going live on there to kind of raise my series e and do it with other people which will be exciting so make sure to check out the show notes in this episode to find any links or things that we spoke about and you can also you know leave a nice rating and review on apple Podcasts if you want to support series e and follow us everywhere you know share with a friend who might enjoy this episode and i really want to thank you for tuning in to this episode of series e and i hope this week that you choose to do something that helps to raise your series e so thank you so much for tuning in and i will see you on the next episode of series e welcome to series e everyone <laughs>